Welcome to Herd of Deer. This is episode 14, our Christmas episode, or our pre-Christmas episode. How are you doing, Justin? I'm good. I am anticipating a holly jolly Christmas Eve and Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Listening. We hope you have uh, some fun things planned with your family this Christmas, including listening to this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> um, how, how is your... Uh, How's your week going, Justin? It's good. It was, it's been a really quiet week at work just because I guess you don't expect clients or people you work with to be in. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a really quiet week at work and then outside of work. Yeah. It's been, it's been pretty chill. I just, I've been able to catch up on a lot of, a lot of different games in the NBA. So that's been nice to see who, see who's balling, who's not. Yeah, the interesting thing about being like an NBA fan, there's mm-hmm. you know someone that's trying to talk about it, is like you never you never run out of, of things to talk about or, or like learn about at all. It's something every like, single day. There, there's always a new game you can watch. There's always like a new podcast you can listen to. Like I don't know if you listen to, you you listen to the Bill Simmons one you said right 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 right. But like I I listen to that one here and there. Um, locked on NBA, locked on Duncan, like. You know, locked on Bucks. If I can, like sometimes I'll listen to whoever the Bucks are playing. Mm-hmm. Like that day, I'll listen to like the away, po- you know, like lock on Hornets or whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't today, but but obviously I don't I don't listen to every single episode. But like that's just like a fascinating thing about being like a fan of the NBA is like you you always can learn something. Like just when you think you kind of got like a grasp what's going on in the league, like mm-hmm. you're you're always proven wrong. Right, and especially you bring up a good point. Like you told. If you someone watches a ton of games, but then there's also the front office and organizations you can dive into, and that's a whole another ball game because the team could have, there could be like a, a good actual solid team of great players, but then the organization could be screwed up. Yeah. So it's like that you 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 are right. There's you can never really run out of content for the NBA. It's just so much. Well, yeah, and then there's the whole background of things like, like you might if you don't know, you know, if you don't follow it as close, you know, super close, like you might watch like a team like the Miami Heat and mm-hmm. say something like, oh well, they could be good right. if you don't know that they don't have two of their first round picks traded away for the next like four years, right? You know, things like that where it's like, oh, you know, like that whole office thing, and like even if you like watch college, because mm-hmm. like obviously like learn, you know, studying up on the players that are going to be drafted next year, but well, let, let's get into it. What do we got to talk about today, Justin? So, if you all aren't familiar, the Bucks this past week they beat the Cavaliers on Tuesday, and then they also beat the Charlotte Hornets on Friday, and they're in a, a heated battle right now that should be ending soon. But I really wanted to talk about the game on Tuesday, which is it was the most watched regular season game since March. I believe. Really? Yeah, I believe I wait. For the Bucks or just in general? I think in I believe in general. Wow. Yeah, and that kind of doesn't surprise me. I mean, it did surprise me at first, but then when you start thinking about storylines and like Giannis going up against LeBron, like both of those players are like once in a lifetime players, and I don't want to say you see a sort of a passing of the torch, but you see two players with like complete dominance who are trying to like lead their team into the playoffs and hopefully win a championship. But so the game itself, it was like a, a great game. And then on during the second quarter is when the Bucks really, they show who they can be as a team. But what, what was kind of alarming to me was that fourth quarter. 
And the amount of the defense was abysmal for at least like seven. I believe it was like from the 10 minute mark of the fourth quarter to like three minutes. The defense of the Bucks was terrible. I think it was like nine or 10 straight possessions where the Bucks could not stop the Cavaliers getting to the rim and they either scored or drew a foul. And it was players like Jeff Green getting to the foul line. And I was like, this is getting kind of ridiculous. And then on offense, we just stalled. Like everyone, someone was just dribbled and pounding the air out the ball at the top of the key. And everyone on offense would just be standing around. Or we would take a horrible shot. So And it was it was weird too, because like you don't factor in Dwayne Wade hitting three after three after three. Dude, that was ridiculous. I don't know. I will say that was one of the most fun Bucks games I have ever been to in my entire life. Really? <laughs> I mean the energy was in the arena on Tuesday. And like, right, even like sitting watching the game from home, you could tell it was crazy in there. Even up until that point where like LeBron threw the ball off Giannis's back to hit that three. Yeah. Like just plays yeah. like that, even though like the Cavs end up losing, like just plays like that made that game like one of the better games to watch. Can I pull out? Uh, I just want to talk about two things from that game real quick mm-hmm. regarding, regarding Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. The first is, do you think it's odd that you go the Cavs went on a 19-0 run and Kidd didn't call a timeout? Okay, so I was on Facebook and I saw I think yeah Guns he posed that question, or he like kind of expressed yeah. his feelings, and I do think it is because usually in the NBA after like an an eight zero run or a ten zero run, coaches call a timeout. <laughs> well, and like I get that like okay yeah you want the guys to learn you want the guys to figure it out but like mm-hmm. we've kind of talked about this like we're not really in that part of the organization anymore you know like we're not in that own the future like we need to win these games like right. when you're you know when you're you're in the game you have a chance to win mm-hmm. against the Cavs on national television I don't know I just I I don't like that I that, that's why you have timeouts exactly you know, like if Jeff Green hits a few shots, Dwayne Wade hits a few threes, which mm-hmm. he doesn't even normally shoot. No. That's when you call a timeout. I mean, that's what you have timeouts for. Right. Because it's like, it's different if like, and if say like LeBron was barely down on lane, but he wasn't even in the game. Like he was no. on the bench. So like, like you said, if you see like someone like Dwayne Wade hitting threes, that means he's hot, which means you probably should do something to defuse that. Well, and then the other thing too, I wanted to talk about was. And I, I don't know, maybe maybe kids something knows something about basketball that I don't, but you're up by three mm-hmm. with 1.9 seconds left, and this is this happened last year in March too. Why are you telling Chris Middleton to miss the three to miss the free throw? Dude, I was when I was watching a game, and then I think it was Jim Paskey. I, I believe he said like, "Oh, like that was a smart move." That wasn't a smart no. move. It's not a smart move. Le, le, <laughs> LeBron LeBron was six inches away from making that shot. Right, right, exactly. I don't know, like if you do your if you going do, into OT. I I don't understand that you make. Well, and, you, it, you, it happened in March last year too, and like, yeah, I just some of these things with kid, like, I I just don't know. Like, I I feel like we have to like talk about how like smart in you know regarding basketball. I mean, you know, like right. there's different types of smart. Like there's understand the cap structure smart there's like good intuition smart there's like you know understand x's and o's understand game strategy and like people say like kid is you know one of the smartest players of all time uh-huh. you know obviously like one of the all-time assist leaders but like can we start to talk about like what we mean by that because like when we talk about okay kid's one of the smartest players of all time is it maybe more of like he had good instincts on the court type smart right 
You know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know if he, when we say, like, one of the smartest players of all time, maybe it was just he's, like, a talented athletic guy who happened to be, like, a good passer, but that doesn't mean he understands the game that well or understands strategy. Right, You exactly. know, or th- those sort of things. Right, because, like, the, being a player and a floor general in the NBA is a different lens than seeing it as a coach. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Because because like if you're a coach, you like you you can think ra- a little more rationally. You're not making split second decisions like you know. And kid was a great player. Like right. he made he was a good passer. You know he didn't you know he had some turns, but he wasn't like a high you know turnover ratio guy or anything like that right. when he was a player. But I feel like we need to talk about like how he I don't know he just because he's like a smart like. I make good decisions. I have good reflexes sort of player. Mm-hmm. Does it mean he's a super smart, like, X's and O's guy? Exactly. I don't know. And, like, even because... So even if the decision... Say we're in the playoffs, and even if the decision isn't, oh, should I make this free throw or not, there are other other decisions that you have to make throughout the course of the game that can make or break a playoff series. Well, yeah, like the, <laughs> like the, like the timeout thing, like not right. calling a timeout. Exactly. Right, because like, dude, in the in the in the playoffs, if you go up against a team that's that's on fire and you don't call a timeout in the playoffs, dude, because teams tank it in. Because if if you're down like say twenty or twenty or twenty five in the third quarter, there's some teams that they know that they're going back home. They're like, ah, eh, forget about it. Yeah, I don't know, but. Yeah, you know, I want to make this podcast about more than, like, just trashing Jason Kidd. But, uh-huh. like, I mean, th- these are some questions we have to ask. Right. But overall, so, but overall, if I were to give the Bucks a grade, just based off the game they played Tuesday and Friday, I would probably give them give them an A-. minus. Yeah. Well, we're closing out games. And, actually, I think that brings up another topic I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um it, depending on how you define it, like typically uh, clutch is defined like within five, within mm-hmm. the last five minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, sports sources are saying the Bucks are the, the clutchest team in the league. We have 12 quote-unquote clutch victories. Really? How do you feel about that? Do you think that's chance? Do you think there's something there? Or, you know, what are your re- initial reactions to thinking of the Bucks, the Bucks as a clutch team? I don't know. So I guess like a, a question I would have is have we had a lot of a more share of those clutch wins after Bledsoe has come? I well, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So j- just on just on the basis of that, we've had a higher winning percentage. Right. 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 Yeah. So I would say that is something. I guess it's good news because a lot of teams in the NBA, even if they have like a superstar player, a lot of times at the end of the games, everyone just sits around and watch them dribble the ball into the ground. So I guess for the Bucks to be one like the most clutch team, that's great news, especially when you start talking about when a game slowed down towards the playoffs. And that's what you need, especially at the end of games, where it's not time to choke, it's time to step up so we can win a, a playoff series or two. Instead of right, instead of like a stat like the Bucks have the largest margin for victory in the NBA or something. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, the Bucks do. And even like when they lost to Dallas about a month ago or so, whenever that was. That was like, are you kidding me? Or even like, I know the Bulls have played a lot better because they do have Miritich and Portis, but it's like, come on. I know like Jason Tatum, he's playing well also in Boston, but like Kyle Kuzma, he's playing like a, a four or five year veteran. Yeah. Had over 30 points last this past week. So I was like, that. honestly, I would, if I were 
voting for the rookie of the year, I might go with Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like Kuzma a lot. He's been he's been doing a lot of good things. Uh I I actually really think the Lakers have a strong core. They do. I think they've got a really good core and they have a really good cap structure. Yeah. Like their only real bad contract is Luel Dang right now. Right. <laughs> but everyone else is either like on a rookie contract or maybe like on their their second contract. Oh, Middleton so, makes Oh, Middleton made the 3. No, he didn't. I thought it looked it looked like he made it. Never mind. Oh, he did make it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll have a shot to win it. Cuz we picked up the foul. They got 6.2 seconds left. Um Yeah, but uh yeah, no, they got a good team, but yeah, Michael Carter Williams, what a joke. And you have to say we we have to say we won that trade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not yeah, that's not even close. The Bucks definitely won that trade. We we won that trade. Um wow, Middleton with the clutch 3. Um but yeah, so you know, uh, if you have, you know, if you haven't been reading, so Jabari Parker practiced with the herd two days this week in the Milwaukee Center. And the question I have is, okay, so for the sake of argument, let's say other than Mirza, who's obviously out with you know blood clots, we have a full, a fully healthy team. W- mm. Where does Jabari fit in? I mean, is he starting? You know, I assume he's probably starting. Uh, does that mean Snell's coming off the bench? I would assume, yeah, he is starting, but I don't know. That kind of I know this probably sounds bad, but it kind of... I mean, I guess you can never have too much talent, but at the same time, I feel like it's just a more ball-stopping. Yeah, I don't but, know. But then, on the flip side, then our second unit becomes even stronger. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea with him coming mm-hmm. off the bench from, like, an ego standpoint and, like, a he-needs-to-resign standpoint. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> right. But... Yeah, I mean, like, it's not a bad problem to have. Like, if you're bringing Tony Snell off the bench, like, that's that's mm. not a bad problem to have, per se. Right, but, right. um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that – I mean, from what I've seen, he looks good. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'll be exciting to see, you know, and you'd like to think that, like, he's watched some film, his defensive IQ has improved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I was – I watched, like, a little – it was, like, a 10-minute – this documentary on him. He said just because he he has been injured, he's been watching a lot more film, just trying to learn where he can improve. And I know, like, I don't know if like people have expect that of players when they're injured, but it's good to see that he is immersing himself into that. Well, and for him, the big problem really was that he didn't really understand how to defend the pick and roll. Mm-hmm. And you know, not not like an easy thing to do because it's more than just like you know, kind of like we were talking about Jason Kidd. Like, it's not just about understanding the X's and O's. It's about being able to make a split second decision on where you're going. You know, if you're stepping out to help, if you're grabbing the roller, you know, if right. you're a third, if a third defender is coming in and then you're picking up his guy. Like, he just really has never figured that out in his you know three years in the league. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I'm I'd like to think that that's something that the coaching staff has worked with him on, you know, in the mm-hmm. film room, is trying mm-hmm. to understand the pick and roll in the NBA. I mean, it's the most efficient play you can really run. And, right. you know, as, as NBA gets more into advanced analytics, you're seeing more and more team. I mean, like the Houston Rockets, they run the same play the whole game. Yep. So, I mean, you're seeing a lot of teams just running this, you know, real simple play, the pick and roll. He's – I'd like to think that, like, he'll figure it out, but mm-hmm. who knows. Right. And it's, it's kind of interesting to think about. 
So even after the season's over, like where we'll stand with him too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like I should have a strong opinion, like one way or the other, but I don't. And that's fine. It's fine to just kind of be like. You just don't know about what's going to transpire. Well, yeah, and the thing is, like, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're an ESPN analyst or if you're just, like, a basketball fan on the street. You have just as good of an idea if he's going to tear it again. Exactly. It's not something It's not something you can predict. You could be a medical professional or you could be, you know, whoever sitting at your house watching the Bucks, And you have just as good of an idea if he's going to tear it because we, we do not know if he's going to re-injure it. Exactly. So, and you know, anyone's opinion in this situation is, you know – Merits something, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, it's gonna be interesting to see how he fits in if he improves us. Um, he, you know, in his career, he's never really been a positive player. If you look at the advanced stats, like obviously one of the more talented power forwards scoring in, in you know, in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you factor it all in, he's never really been that positive of a player. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Um, DeAndre Jordan selling the Clippers. Uh, will anything happen? Who knows? Uh, any thoughts on that for you? Any any changes? What'd you say? For DeAndre Jordan, you know, still on the Clippers. Do you think we're gonna go for it? I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. Cause I, at this, I don't know. At this point in the season, it's almost like who are we willing to to give up in order to get him? And it's kind of like, eh. Like I know obviously that DeAndre Jordan is a, a dominant player without having a to need like to even score but at this point in season like who, who we have to give up because like i remember the what you posed last week actually i did have something to say just about like the all-star voting so like now you can you can start voting in the you can start voting anywhere but then if you vote within the the nba app and nba.com on select days start i believe it's starting next year a few days, a few days within the new new year, like your vote will count for two votes. Thank you all for listening. Of course, as, as always, keep tracking herderdeer.com for updates throughout the week. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Black Planet. Yeah, I think, I think we should call them one. So yeah, we should call them one now. We're name dropping ridiculous platforms that are people not using anymore. That's in seven. Peace.